Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guy, this is going to be an amazing episode. If you love podcasting, if you love blogging, you want to get a piece of paper because you're going to want to write everything down. My friend Mark is one of the best writers that I know, has an amazing podcast, which I, I can't wait to be a guest on, I think, next week. I'm really looking forward to it. So get ready. This is going to be fun. I want to thank our sponsors. First of all, our sponsors is me. I came out with my own coffee, which is a high-energy coffee. Uh, tastes amazing, but I'm not selling this one. I'm actually giving it away. So if you want, if you want this cup of coffee, make sure to enter by leaving the word coffee in the comments. I want to thank our other sponsors, Tammy Moses of The Hoarding Solution. She has a podcast about hoarding and mental health issues. And also our other sponsor, Kurt Ballish of Ballish Woodworks, makes the most amazing furniture and stuff for your house and your business. So definitely check them out. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode. Mark, my brother, what's going on? How you doing today, Richard? Uh, not much. Well, actually, there is a lot going on here today, as I told you before. But all in all, just another day, just trying to, uh, I, for lack of a better word, trying to kill it, slay it, whatever the word you want to use, the action word, and uh, ready to have some fun. So tell us a little bit where, where you come from, where you grew up, and what kind of little kid was Mark? So, I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania during the 80s, and during that point in time, it was a very, like, ideal place to grow up. I had lots of friends in my neighborhood, but also kind of grew up with a lot of obstacles. I was born with cleft lip and palate, and there's a whole package deal that went with that was born with like a really rare syndrome that came with a, you know, a bunch of other issues along with it, kind of a package deal. So that made growing up a little bit of a challenge, had a lot of challenges both in the house, certainly outside of the house. And I, the type of kid I was, I think I was very creative, but also maybe a little bit shy, maybe a little bit unsure of where I fit into the world and kind of unsure of myself, but also, you know, very nice and fun and loved sports, loved music, loved all the things that a lot of kids like. I shouldn't say all kids, but a lot of kids like. Now, did, did you uh, play any kind of sports or did it prohibit you to play sports? So I played baseball for like three years for uh, an association called Northwest AA and it wasn't really for like a school or anything. It was just for fun. I wasn't really that good, but I was a great bunner and I was great at drawing a walk. Wasn't exactly a home run hitter, but I was okay. Now with basketball, played for the same organization. And then also played uh, junior high for uh, Muhlenberg. And I was pretty good. I think I thought I was better than I actually was at basketball. But I was pretty good, you know. I What a good day. I could score like 
nine ten points in a game. That's pretty respectable, I guess. Now, um, like for me, I grew up in a very uh, an abused household. So for me, um, and I also had severe ADHD. So for me, my solace was books and reading. What about you? What were some of your go-to things for comfort? Uh, I think the go-to thing for me back then, and frankly to this day, oddly, are like music videos and music. I was like one of the reasons I got into the broadcasting industry was because of MTV. I fell in love with MTV during the height of it in the 80s, and I used to just sit for hours and watch video after video, and I can still do that. I'll watch MTV Classic now in the middle of the night just to relax my mind and to go back to sleep if I'm still tired, and video games was also a big thing, and that too is still a big thing for me, so some things never change. Now, you know, one of my, I'm a big 1980s hair metal guy. You know, I love rock and roll. And a lot of people don't realize that Poison is really from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. So I'm a big Poison guy. So shout out to, to Brett and the boys. Uh, so did you go to college for, for um, audio visual or anything like that? So college was interesting because I wound up starting out my college career at a college that didn't even have my major. So I was really passionate about all things audiovisual. I used to take black and white TVs apart and tinker with them. I used to get TV guys of all sorts and just study them. And I had a real fascination and passion for it. But my parents kind of pushed me to try other things because how many people do you know that are working in the broadcast industry it's like you know it's hard even for somebody like me who's been in the business for 17 years to meet people like me so it's not really common but ultimately after a few years i was just like look i need to do this so i wound up going to a college near my home and studied uh, television, what they used to call it electronic media, but it's just television production. And uh, got got my degree in 2005. Now, what college did you go to? From Cookstown University. I know it very well. My son is actually looking at going to ESU next year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Another good school. Yep. So now, obviously, over the last 10, 15 years, Audio and video has changed so much. So talk to us what it was like back then in 2004 to 2005 compared to today. Well, back then, everything was still very, like, tape-based physical media. And that's how you would get the media, anything that was already pre-recorded, onto a server and eventually onto the air. Everything today is obviously a lot more sleek and slick. It's all pretty much all file-based and uh, yeah, obviously the technology, the definition 
of the video, the clarity of the audio, everything has advanced. I was right at the end of the standard definition era, and now we're into, like, Lord knows what, like, 4K, UHDK, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's so far out there now, it's crazy. So now, did you really enjoy being behind the camera, behind it? Or did you always want to become in front of the camera? I think I didn't believe in myself as far as being on camera. I think I always wanted to be in front of the camera, a performer of some sort, whether it was me being a anchorman or a, you know, meteorologist or whatever, or maybe really becoming a performer. But I had so many messages getting fed into me that were negative and just being born as I was. It's like, well, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to watch me? And it took until I got into my 30s before that imposter syndrome and that way of thinking really changed. And, you know, like I just put out a post yesterday um, about how when I was five years old, my teacher would make fun of me because I had ADHD and he would call me stupid and say I would never be anything. I would never make, make anything out of myself. And here I am, you know, 53, a two-time Amazon best-selling author, top podcaster, um, you know, over 250,000 downloads. And, you know, and, I'm ho and I host my own show where I can have people like you come on. So if I would listen to what he said, I would never became the person that I am. So please talk about overcoming imposter syndrome. So I think the way that I got over imposter syndrome is basically, so there came a point where I went therapy and that helped a lot. But I also think that relating my, like, where I'm at in life to where people thought I might wind up really kind of helped me to say, wait a minute, you know, I think a lot of these messages that were put into my head might not have been right. And I think all of that self-belief that I had in myself is actually starting to pay off. And I think as I had success, like getting promoted in my field, landing a high profile job in my field, really proved a lot to myself. And then as I transitioned a little more, I went from being a little more of a guy trying to climb the corporate ladder to where I'm at today, where I'm contracting and also making time for this online world and as I've met people from away from where I grew up and just people looking at who I am today and basing their opinion on who I am today and getting positive reinforcement about hey you know you're a good speaker you're a good writer you should consider doing a podcast you could, should consider making video content that kind of encouragement really helped as well and 
there was something about just getting into my 30s where, you know, I took stock in my life and my way of thinking about myself and my life, it just all really changed. So it's a combination of all that stuff. Okay, you know, so talk to us about, you know, you said you had a high, some high-profile jobs. What were those jobs? Because uh, I, I was pretty amazing when I was reading your bio, some of the amazing opportunities that you that came into your life. Well, it's funny because uh, when you work in places for a long time, you start to learn a few things. And one thing that I learned, there was a particular meeting where HR, and I'm basing this on people I probably haven't seen in like 10 years, but the one thing I learned is if you talk about this company, you got to tell us and blah, blah, blah. So I try not to like name names. Yep, yeah, if yep. You, if you want to know, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn and you can see, but uh, some I'll try to elaborate as much as I can. One of the jobs of very like extremely well-known satellite radio company, probably the best known. Uh, another job, one of the major four networks, like if you're from the 80s and before, you know exactly what that means. There's a top three and a top four. So I've worked for one of them, hoping for number two soon. And yeah, just a lot of you know, like a extremely high profile documentary, uh, plus a billion other things. They're known for so many things. I could probably take up all your time, but without really naming names, I don't know if I can, but yep, I, I try it. not to. Yep. But they, it's definitely good opportunities. Now you know, like a lot of people don't realize when you start be, become start being around successful people. You could really start to learn if you just listen and and pick up what they're saying, you know, because I believe that God gives you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So you can listen twice as much as you talk. So were you able to glean a lot of things, learn a lot just by listening and by following and getting there early, staying there late and putting in the extra work? Oh, gosh, I learned so much from all the very uh, intelligent people I've been fortunate enough to be around for so many years, so many different walks of life, so many different points of view. And to your point, working, so I worked for a company for 10 years, longest I've ever been at, that, at any, anywhere. I mean, really the longest I've ever lived anywhere, been anywhere. <laughs> this company, bless you, Thank you. and <laughs> and uh, I. So what was I thinking there? So one thing that I learned, I went from one office to another one to try to pursue one path. I actually wound up going the management path, and the one thing that I learned from all of that. So the more that you did in a day, I would do quality control on TV shows. And it's like the more that you did, the better that would look for you. And I was very, I've always been pretty driven, but 
At that point, I was like, look, I really want to take the opportunity here. I see an opportunity could possibly get promoted. So I really put my head down and just grinded through work for several months and was at the top of the list for throughput every month and eventually got my wish to uh, be promoted. And I think being in that type of environment and being encouraged to work that hard where a situation where their values lined up with mine, that made a big difference. And that taught me a lot. I mean, I learned a lot from the individuals I worked with and hard work, dedication, and creativity, open-mindedness. These are all things I could probably take up another like 20 minutes on it, but those are all things that I really learned that I valued and really evolved my own skills and values through that. Now, like you, like myself, you know, we've interviewed a lot of people, talked to a lot of great minds. Um, and I just had a friend of mine, Manny Lopez, and his episode drops tomorrow. And he's interviewed Mr. Les Brown, Caleb Maddox, people, and Sharon Lecter. And I asked him, I said, what is the one thing that alpha males and alpha females have? And he gave me his answer. What have you noticed is the one thing that any alpha male or alpha female has to make them successful? I think it's passion. So as I've been going through the current season of my show, the one thing that I keep seeing, and I don't know why it hasn't really occurred to me in like my frontal lobe a little bit more, but as I go through talking about everybody's path and their crossroads, everything is very like, oh yeah, I did this and I did that. But as soon as they get to that crossroad and start talking about what they're doing, it's, their face will light up and it's passion. Passion is what I see the most. Okay, so now, as you were working these amazing jobs, were you also blogging on the side and doing podcasts on the side? So I feel if I, I have a few regrets in my life, and I clearly don't let it define my life, but one regret that I have is that I didn't really dedicate myself to blogging a little earlier in the the life cycle of the internet because I really see not only what an outlet it was and is for me to be doing podcasting and blogging. I haven't really blogged as much in the present as I did in the past, but I, yeah, I think once I left my job of 10 years and kind of started a new chapter, I started doing a lot of this stuff on the side and has kind of been that way since. I think it's a little more front and center this year because of where I'm at with my life, but I'm always gonna have that on the side and be working towards my goals. All right, so now, you know, a lot of, of our listeners are veterans, you know, a lot of them may only do four years, some of them do 20, 
Um, but we all, you know, no matter what age, you know, we all retire out of the military one way or another. And a lot of times when we get out, we don't have a mission anymore. Uh, we don't have a paycheck and we're kind of lost. So what was it like leaving a job for 10 years? How do you reinvent yourself and how do you reimagine your life? That is a great question because when I left my job, I left out of a management position. And in my mind, I was like, well, bada bing, bada boom. I'm just going to put my resume out there. I'll get another management job and make that move and that'll, you know, that'll be it and I'll just move on. It didn't work out that way at all. And I got to a point where I woke up and realized, okay, I'm very much valued at all these companies, but I'm valued for my experience, for the project management. Like, I guess I had to evaluate what I brought to the table and what I, what companies valued in me. And I also had to think about the turning of the page and maybe because things were different and are different to this day, what would fulfill me? Because I found that life wasn't fulfilling to me. The job that I had before was very fulfilling. I had my own staff and had all these great projects and poof, it's all gone. And now I have to find a new way to fulfill my soul and my heart. And I think what helped me was just saying, okay, just kind of evaluating my talent and saying, well, I like to write, so I'm going to create a blog. We'll see what happens. And I'll network with other bloggers. And really, it just kind of built from there. And it's led me to where I'm at today on your show and also hosting an episode of my show earlier and things have just changed. So you just kind of evaluate your talent, just put the effort in, just have an idea, go for it, try it. Don't worry about failing or how you look. Just, you know, worry about what you're learning, learn from those lessons and just keep evolving and just continue to do what you can to fulfill what is in your soul. I love it. Now let's talk about podcasting a little bit. I think on, we're, we're on our like 410th episode or something stupid. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still evolving. You know, I'm still learning. Like I had my friend John Lee Dumas on last month and, and, you know, he gets a million downloads a month. He makes over 150000 from his podcast a month. And he said one of the main reasons that he's successful because he knows who his avatar is. He says sometimes you have to go an inch wide but a mile deep. And I think when a lot of people, when they start a podcast, they're trying to talk to everybody. But like Mr. Jim Rohn says, if you talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. So talk to us about your thought process in starting a podcast and finding out who your niche is, who your avatar is. So when I started my podcast, 
the one mistake I didn't want to make was just saying, okay, well, I have a podcast, it's called Mark My Words, and I'm just going to have anybody and everybody on it and talk about whatever. And sure, that, that could be fun, but for me being the driven individual that I am and wanting to really make a little more out of it and taking it a little more seriously, I knew I had to have some kind of a niche and a focus. And for me, at that time, I felt that the best thing that I could do, the best niche that I could start off with as a podcaster was to bring on all the people who were inspiring me, which was entrepreneurs, and just wanted to hear their stories and hear about the crossroads, the fork in the road, and how they became what they are today. And that, for me, is how my podcast evolved and how I created it and how I really broke it down rather than just saying, well, I have a podcast and anybody and everything and anything is going to be a topic. So I wanted to avoid that, and I think I have. Yep, and I love your show. Like I said, since I knew you were going to be on, I've probably listened to every episode. So if, you're, if your numbers are going up, it's because of me. Like, <laughs> Thank um, you. But, um, you know, a lot of people, when they start a podcast, or they don't start it because they think, I don't have the right camera, I don't have the right mi microphone. But if you look at, like, some of my friend Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, some of his most watched videos are like from a flip cam at a yard sale. It got like 10 million views. So talk to us about, you know, not getting bogged down into having the best camera, the best lighting, but putting out the best content. Well, I'll tell you what, this microphone that I'm talking into is being held up a little closer to my face thanks to the box that it came in. And that's what I'm using to get a better sound. So you don't necessarily have to go out and buy tons of stuff. What I have for this podcast, I have an old lamp to my left that gives me a little extra light. I use Zoom for free to do the episodes, although eventually I really like how you and some other people utilize StreamYard. I think eventually I want to step into that world a little bit more. But that's only really like a few bucks a month or a year. Um, I have a light behind me and, you know, just kind of uh, offhand. I can't remember the type of name of the light. They're the very popular circular LED lights. Maybe you'll yeah. have the word. But, uh, yeah, I use that. But really, if I could just, like, show you my setup, which I kind of can't because I'm talking on a Mac, but it's yeah. a very primitive setup. Like, I'm not using much, I'm not spending much, but I'm getting the most out of the resources I have. I always feel as if while video can be important, I think having good audio, especially if you're doing a podcast, it's the most important thing. So, 
as long as you just have a mic, spend a few bucks, you plug it into your computer, and if you need to do what I'm doing, using the box I came into for a better sound, do that. Just uh, be creative with it, and especially to start off, just keep the budget low, try it out, and find your voice, like, internally, and find your voice for the actual content. And then, if things are going well, you're enjoying it, then upgrade. I love it. Now, you know, and it's funny because, you know, here I am. I got my flag behind me, obviously. But all my kids' shit is behind me. So, so they're, oh, they're not going to see all the Xboxes and toys and stuff. But, you know, like you said, you don't have to have the best stuff as long as you're real and, you know, you're being real, you're being honest. Uh, I think people feed into that. They know that if, if you're just bullshitting or if you're just trying to make money off and you're not trying to add value. So now we all know that there's over 2 million podcasts now, but only 50% of them are active. And if you have more than 13 episodes, you are in the top 10% in the world. But a lot of people quit because they don't realize this is work. It's like another job. So talk to us about that. Talk to us about the fallacies of starting a podcast and why it is really work sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely work because so if you do the podcast the way I do it, I will do like a 15-minute like interview to break the ice and to make sure it's even a good fit. Because not everybody is going to be a good fit. And so that part is a lot of work. And the episodes themselves, like even me being a guest on this show, I consider this a ton of fun. I don't necessarily consider this part of it work. Yeah. But everything else is work because you got to promote it. You got to, you may have to edit it a little bit. Although... With mine, I try to keep it pretty simple and just go straight one end to the other. But there have been times where I've needed to edit audio. And then if you want to do all of the other work, like create the graphic and do all this other stuff that goes along with it, it takes time. And then you're talking about creating an intro for your podcast. And do you even have the ability to create the music or to take the samples from something like, I don't know, uh, the guitar app on the Mac and make something out of that for an intro. And it's just, there's so much thought that goes into doing a podcast that, yeah, it, it can be like having another job. And then you're dealing with all different types of personalities and you may be very thorough and tell them what to expect. You may get to the point where it's time to put it out, post about it on social media, and they may come back and say, I don't like this, I don't like that. You may even have to take an episode down and that is work and it's not all fun games. It can be fun, it can be extremely fulfilling but 
it, it's also work, and I didn't even scrape the surface on all the other things that go into it. Kind of like, I don't know, you know, the don't buy me a coffee cider, go fund me, or whatever, to try to maybe, like, get more funding for your show if that's something you want to do. It, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, but it's so much work, too. Yeah, and one of the big questions I have, I because I, I help people get their show started. That's something I do just out of, out of the love of it. And one of the questions I get is, I'll have somebody on the show, and they won't promote their own episodes. So what I started doing, and this is just a little bit of information for your listeners, uh, before somebody comes on, on my booking page on Calendly, I'll ask them, are you willing to uh, post your episode on their social media? And that's, and they, you know, 98% of the people will say yes. Some say no, and most of the times they'll share it anyway. But I think once you get somebody to agree to share it on their social media, they don't want to go against their word. So they're going to do what they say. Have you ever had any problems with anybody not wanting to share their own episodes? You know, it's interesting. I'll have some guests on who seem very engaged and very into the process. But once it's time for the episode to come out, I may get very little involvement. And they may even tell me, yeah, you know, I'll definitely promote and you can count on me. But I almost feel like because there is so much work that goes into it, there is some time that can go by between the episode session and the release that maybe some of that enthusiasm will go away. And it might not be through any fault of your own. It might just be maybe that person is all, all of a sudden involved in something really important and their focus is different. It could be a number of things. So to answer your question, yeah, it, it does happen. Okay. Like, and like I said, uh, I, once I started. I think your mic might be on mute. So, so how do we find your podcast? Um, is it on Apple? Is it on Spotify? And how can we support your mission? So my podcast can be found on Apple, Google, Audible, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Oddly enough, except for Spotify. And that has nothing to do with anything like political going on or anything like that. I've had problem with Spotify even before uh, all the political stuff has come up. So it has nothing to do with that. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's, I'm having an issue with that and uh, that's something I have to work out. But uh, you can also find it at my YouTube page. I will post the video there as well. And yeah, come find me. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at mark my word six. I'm on Instagram 
and Nimrod 79. I was born in 79. I'm a huge Green Day fan, and some handles on the internet are hard to part with, so I've been using that for decades, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and definitely find me on LinkedIn. I'm always posting about careers, entrepreneurship, and, you know, I love when people join the conversation on that. So, yeah, come find me, whether it's my show, social media, or both. I love it. So, guys... I can't wait to be on it. So definitely check it out. Mark my words on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Definitely check them out. Guys, if you are if you love coffee like I do, make sure you pick up your coffee. If you want to win a free th- a shipment of coffee to your house, make sure you check out the link below. Mark, thank you so much for everything. And I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. Well, thank you for having me on your show today. This was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Happy to talk about entrepreneurship. Happy to talk about building yourself up as a human being and reaching your full potential. And I can't wait to have you on my show. I'm sure it will be amazing, just like this. All right, guys. Remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but. Catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.